Hello and welcome to another Extra Podcast. My name is Crystal Taves and I am a pastor at Northview Community Church. I am joined today um, by three friends. We are doing a podcast on Christianity and Halloween. And so I'm going to introduce who's with me and then we're going to jump into the topic. So first of all, I have Crystal LaForest. Tell us a bit about yourself, Crystal. Hello, I am the director at the Stabitzburg Campers for Children's Ministry. I have three kids and I love children. And you have a puppy? I do. I have a 12-year-old. 12-year-old? Oh, sorry. 12-week-old golden doodle. There we go. Mm -hmm. That's Crystal. Does your golden doodle celebrate Halloween? Yes, he is going to be. He's going to be a unicorn. (laughs) Excellent. Did you make the the outfit yourself? No, I bought it. There we go. You You bought an outfit for your dog. I sure did to make my little girl happy. Okay. My name's Jeff, and I got to tell you a quick story. Okay. My sister, one of my most memorable Halloweens is my sister. Oh, I'm jumping ahead. But my sister is, uh, she dressed our dog in like uh, a sports outfit. So like a tank top and a pair of shorts. And our dog halfway through the Halloween night decided that he would fill those shorts. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so we were, ha- we were quite a distance from our house. Uh-huh. And so the conversation toward home was which one of us was going to carry in their basket, the filled shorts of Did the dog. Did you throw them in some bush? No, because she didn't want to apparently leave the shorts there. I don't know why. Because I was <laughs> thinking, to, my, I was thinking to myself, I don't know who's going to wear those shorts now that now that that's taken place. No, no. they're done. <laughs> that's what I thought. So okay, and then our fourth guest is Laura. I'm Laura Toes. Happy to be here for the first time. I've got four kids. I'm married. have a cleaning business. And you do awesome baking for the East Abbotsford campus. Yeah, yeah, we do that. If you've ever had the baking at East Abbotsford, you're in charge of it, right? You're the... Yeah, my husband and I are. You're the bake masters. The best pumpkin scones ever. They're pretty good. Although if you've not had the chocolate chip cookies over there... Yeah, that's a family recipe. Man. They are good. They're very good. So So why is she a Toes and you're a Taves? I don't know. We haven't actually talked about this. Toes is the English pronunciation for the German... Right, so you guys capitulated to the modern world. I guess so. You're more willing to... Do you have family members that go Taves in your toes? Not that I know of. You're all the same? Mm-hmm. Okay. This can be really confusing. Toes? Do you have any Toes family members? We don't, but I knew some people who, like, one was a Toes, and then her brother went by Taves. And oh, so really? they just decided between the two of them that they were going to be different. So that was super I confusing. Love it. Yeah. We're going to talk about Halloween today because it happens soon. Um, and because it is an issue that Christians often don't know what to do with, or a holiday that Christians often don't know what to do with, and sometimes have disagreement on. And so we thought it'd be a good thing to talk about on a pad- podcast. Anything else you guys want to say as we start? I, I celebrate Halloween. Do you? No. You really. just put the gauntlet out there right away? I do. What's your personal history? You said you trick-or-treated with your family. Well, one time when my sister made my dog wear a pair of shorts. Yeah. So you remember that part? I do. Okay. <laughs> Anything uh, else? My personal history. So I, listen, I grew up not in the, in the evangelical world. So I would say that evangelicals are the ones who, who have strong opinions about Halloween. Right. Right. Um, and particularly, and by the way, that's not r- right or wrong I'm saying that. It just tends to be the case. Yeah. And so when I grew up, I grew up in the mainline church. And like my church would celebrate Halloween. Right. Like the day... Before Halloween, they'd say, come wear your outfit. And it didn't matter if you were wearing like the slasher outfit or <laughs> like it didn't matter. That was all, was good, all good in church? You got blood all over you. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what you do. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. It, so when I came to the Christian church, 
or the the evangelical church, I, I it it was a little bit not so shocking, but I you were surprised. Yeah, at how many people uh, talked to me about how how awful and terrible it was because the things that they described. Uh, me celebrating were not things I was celebrating right. prior to being a Christian. I just never recognized what they were describing in my own life. Yeah. So, Crystal, how about you? What was your background as a kid? I have never once been trick-or-treating. Okay. Yep. My family just never went out. Not that they would hide away in their house, but um, we would maybe go to a harvest thing or something like that. But um, growing up, never went trick-or-treating. Did you hand out candy? Did your family hand out candy at this at your house or not? I remember starting that around when I was probably 12, and then my parents would always hand out tracks with them. Huh. Okay. Did they mm-hmm. fill any of the stuff with cyanide or razor blades? <laughs> no. They actually would have really clever tracks. They picked pretty good ones, and then they would do candy bags with them. Oh, wow. Oh. So, like, super generous. No, yeah. Like, their tracks. That was, yeah. The, that was the worst house to go to. <laughs> the was tracks the, and the, the candy, candy bag? bag. Oh, but candy bag, did it have candy? Did the candy bags have... Like uh, the wrapped candy in it, or do the candy bags have like candy corns and other stuff? Like oh no, that in filled it? with like all the good good okay, stuff. So that, this was a good works. place. That yeah. works. There's yeah. always some lady though who like made a, a caramel popcorn ball. Yeah, with and, peanuts and oh, those were yeah, the worst. And yeah. you were like that in an orange. And yeah, you were like oh, no. The worst man. was the toothpaste. You'd go to the dentist and they give you like a toothpaste and <laughs> toothbrush. That's I got those ones. <laughs> I did. Laura, what was your history? What did you do for Halloween as a kid? Similar to Crystal, uh, we handed out candy but never went trick-or-treating. We're allowed to dress up for school, but always fun, pretty costumes. And was that an issue for you as a kid? Did you guys resent not being able to go out, or was it not a big deal? Um, I think when we got a little bit older, we were we kind of pushed it a little bit with our parents, but mostly because we wanted the candy. Yeah. So I'm basically mm-hmm. the most demonic person here. Is that what we're saying? Yes. That my we, upbringing was the most... I think so. Devil worshipy. I would go, we would go trick-or-treating every year with our cousins. We lived out on five acres in Bradner, so there was nobody like to trick-or-treat with there, no houses. And so we come into town all the time and it was fun. And I never actually thought about it until I was in my 20s when all of a sudden it became a thing at our church Hmm. that we had to figure this out. And it had never Hmm. been something that crossed my mind as a kid. So yeah, it was something that I discovered later on that it was kind of an issue. So I thought what we would do is give a little bit of the kind of cultural history of it. And then Jeff's going to talk a little bit about Reformation Day, which is associated with it. And then we're going to just talk through just some implications for how we think about the spiritual world and how we think about Christian freedom in these things. So in terms of the cultural background, um, there basically are two kind of holidays that got intertwined. Uh, There was an Irish holiday called Samhain, which was a harvest festival. It was kind of a time of the year where they thought that the spirits and kind of the regular world would be more intertwined. And so they would leave out uh, food to kind of placate the spirits and kind of protect them for the wintertime. And then there was a Christian holiday, which was called All Hallows Day, which was a time of praying for the souls of the martyrs and the people that had gone before us, kind of faithful Christian witnesses. And it was like way back in 845, I think that Pope Gregory just said, like, we're going to appropriate this Samhain holiday and we're going to make it a Christian holiday. And so the When you say appropriate, what do you, what do you mean? Basically kind of take steal over, steal, steal this pagan holiday and yeah. make it a Christian holiday, Christianize it, yeah. basically. Which is very common yeah, for which, Christians. And Christmas was, was basically Saturnalia. It was a Roman festival that they stole because the, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. No. Right. It was yeah. probably springtime in Israel when that happened. But that's right. why those shepherds are out in their... F- guarding their flocks at night. Yeah. But yeah. 
We, so this we, idea. We steal stuff. Yeah. So we, he basically decided this is a holiday that's going on and we're going to make it kind of have a Christian emphasis on it. And so that became the tradition um, within the Christian world. So these kind of two holidays went side by side where it was a you know, pagan festival in some areas and a Christian festival in others. And the, the trick-or-treating was basically people going door to door in exchange for praying for people's souls. They would go ask for what they called soul cakes or candies. And then in exchange for that, they would pray for for the dead. And so it's an interesting thing to think back on kind of the roots of where this all came from. It and is interesting because most people, I mean, most people would not know that that All Hallows' Eve, right? That's where we yeah. get the word, All yeah. Halloween. All the Hallows' Halloween, Eve yeah. was actually the Christian Christianized version of, of, the, of the pagan, pagan holiday. holiday. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. people now say Halloween's evil. When it, well, actually, Halloween is the Christian. Now, the, I'm not, please don't misunderstand me. I'm actually saying the way, the way that some people act toward Halloween certainly can be yeah. evil, the celebration of certain things. Yeah. But in terms of its origin, yeah, yeah, no. it was it was a, it was a religious festival, yeah, yeah, and that we stole. So Reformation Which, Day is kind of associated with that now. So what do you want to? Well, it is. Yeah. Uh, well, there's some debate about Martin Luther uh, nailed the 95 theses to the door of the the church in Wittenberg, Germany, mm-hmm. uh, in 1517 on October 31st. Hmm. There are some people who argue. There's a debate about whether that. It was actually the date he did it or not, but the people who believe that that's the case then was was actually, uh, or the people who believe that that was the case, they think that he did that because it was All Hallows' Eve. Okay. And because so many people would be out and about, it would get a lot of, you know... Would it have anything to do with, because he was specifically against It's like skywriting, you know? Like, because yeah. everybody's out and around, yeah. they're going to go by the church, here's what I think, that, right? Right. So that that probably has some historical veracity, meaning that it probably was the case. And so now we celebrate or we talk about uh, October 31st as Reformation Day, as the day that we celebrate, uh, we Protestants celebrate uh, the, the Reformation. So in 2017, it was the 500th yeah, anniversary. Yeah, 500-year, yeah. So that was just uh, just last year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's essentially what... Yeah. Yeah. So different holidays. Yeah. It, they were the same holiday has had kind of different meanings throughout the centuries right. for different groups of people. But the reason, yeah. I think that's the point I'm saying, is the reason that uh, Luther tied, Luther celebrated it that or nailed those on to the door on that day was because actually it was Halloween. Yeah. Right. Because it yeah. was a day that lots of people would be around and yeah. Yeah. So in terms of the way we think about these things, we want to talk about the fact that as Christians, we don't want to be ignorant of the fact that there is a spiritual world out there. Mm-hmm. And so what scriptural references, if someone came to you and said, you know, what kind of basis do Christians have to think, to talk about the spiritual world, what would you say in terms of scripture? Laura, do you want to start? Yeah. So in Exodus, um, Pharaoh calls on his magicians and sorcerers to try to match the miracles of God with um, Moses and letting his people go. And then in Daniel, um, King Nebuchadnezzar does the same thing, calls on his wise men and magicians to interpret a dream for him. Yeah, so we see within scripture, like there were, there's been kind of that idea of spiritual forces all the way along. What about yeah. Saul and the witch, witch yeah, of Endor? I know, that's a crazy story. Ooh, yeah. yeah. It's a that's mess. That's old seance. Up, dre- yeah. Dredge up uh, Samuel for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they do it, and <laughs> they do it, and Samuel comes and has a little visit. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically it's a crazy a story. Yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah. What else? Does do that? Have, but by the way, does that give Christians the right to do seances? Crystal, Pastor no, Crystal. It does not. 
Why not? Because there's other laws within the Bible, if you read those in conjunction with the story, that say that this is a forbidden practice. If you read through... So why would God, why would God let it happen then? Because God works through weird ways sometimes totally. when people <laughs> are, do weird stuff. things. Totally. I know. Yeah. 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 But that's, I mean, it's a good way thing to think about as you read the Bible, that not everything in there is um, prescribed for us to do, right? There's right. things that happened, but if you read the whole Bible, you'll see actually, no, in Deuteronomy and other places, he talks about the fact like you should not engage in witchcraft and you should not yeah. uh, divination and divination stuff like that. And yet, and yet, essentially, I mean, Gideon's fleece is divination and yeah. yet God uses Gideon's fleece. Yeah. So it doesn't give tacit approval to Gideon's fleece or to the witch of Endor. It gives proof that, that God... If looks and if you're gonna push your way, and gonna demand a certain thing, right? I mean, God didn't want Israel to have a king; He was their king. But if you're gonna demand a king, there's gonna be certain ramifications for that. But He's also gonna work through the king, yeah. Which is kind of cool about His grace, right? That yeah. ultimately He He will uh, serve us in that way, and He will He will even bless us in our stupidity. Yeah. yeah. Any other passages that you come to mind for you, Crystal, as you think about Scripture? Um, I was just trying to remember where it was, but when he was talking, um, there's a, the little girl that was demon-possessed. Oh, in Philippi. And yeah. So I was thinking about that one. Yeah. And you see Jesus throughout his ministry confronting evil spirits, right? Yeah. And demon possession. Yeah, and the, the, the Gerasenes, the demoniac at the Gerasenes who gets... Yeah. In the, running around the graves. That's right. kind of the picture that we have of him. Other yeah. passages of of Jesus on the Sea of Galilee, casting out a bunch of demons and putting him to a bunch of pigs, ruining the pig farmer's day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. you have stories like in the book of Ephesus, or sorry, the city of Ephesus, when Paul goes there, yeah. at the end of kind of his time of preaching the gospel there, they realize that they've been involved in a lot of occult practices. And so they actually have a, a book burning, basically, where they bring... Um, the stuff that they've been involved in, and they, um, yeah, destroy it because they realize it's so it's real. Worse. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. So yeah. why is it the people on our side, in our side of the world, struggle with believing it's real, or do they? Well, like it being the 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 uh, the immaterial they, world where there are benevolent spirits, angels, and malevolent spirits, demons. Why is it that we struggle to? believe that or do we struggle to believe that well i think if you go to countries like africa if you hear like ezra talk it's definitely much more the forefront of people's minds um in north america not so much because our kind of we believe more in the material world Mm -hmm. but you were saying jeff as we were preparing for this that there's kind of a rise in interest in horror movies and that's an interesting cultural phenomenon for a culture that kind of claims that everything is just you know kind of what's right before us physically material so what do you hear about horror movies? What's the interest or the, or well, the draw before, I mean, there? Yeah, I do want to answer that. Cri- yeah. Crystal uh, LaForest, do you do you think people are like if you do you think people believe in the immaterial world a lot these days? Or like, how old are you? You're you're thirty. Thirty three. That's a lot. <laughs> you heard it on air. <laughs> That's a lot of old. Yes, I totally think they believe. I don't know if they want to acknowledge that they do. I think it's if you acknowledge that there are demons, you have to acknowledge that there is probably angels. And then that leads into a whole nother thing. Well, if angels and demons exist, well, then does God exist? Does yeah. Satan exist then? But I would think people your age in particular, how old are you? Sorry. 41. She not see that. She's, <laughs> you don't look a day I don't 40. care. <laughs> Thanks. Like, um, 
Sorry, for our friends um, that you're are like not 12, You're believers. like 13 years younger than me and Crystal here. And so I'm just wondering because like I, I've gotten the feeling when I was a young adults pastor, a lot of young adults were actually, no, no, no. We, we believe in the immaterial world where there's angels and demons and stuff like that. Like largely, not just in the church, but broadly. Or is that not true? Um, I don't think a lot of our non-believing friends um, believe in it, or at least they do not talk about it hmm. at all. And that could just be too out of fear, right? Like if you exist uh, or admit that um, demons exist, that brings a whole lot of scary stuff with it. And, you know, I just think but, all those shows about parent. There's a there was a show called Paranormal Activity for a while there, and yeah, I think largely people do believe there's a spiritual realm, whether they talk about it or not. And ghosts and things. Like I actually I think, think so. most of the people that I know around the place are like, yeah, there probably is something going on there. Older people, not so much, which is interesting, just a cultural mm-hmm. turn that's going on with younger people. They're just, I think because of YouTube and because people have videoed some stuff that they're like, how do you, what? Yeah. Surely you splice that together, but no, and there, there's just too many things. And people are like, you know what? I can't discount all the experiences all these people have. So Ezra shows up, he tells his stories, and people are like, I don't know. That sounds real. That sounds true. And so there seems to be more of an openness to it. So the reason I there's I, the reason I think that there's a rise in horror films is largely because there is more of an openness to it, and because out of all of the, the dangers that we face in our life. The, imit- the power of the immaterial world is one that we cannot win. We mm-hmm. cannot dominate, right? So if there's a big shark out there, I can shoot it, right? Or a bear. Or a, or yeah. a bear. And if you're, a... sorry, if you're right into sharks and stuff and like, how dare you <laughs> yeah. shoot? Look, I, if I saw a shark today, I'd shoot it because they scare me. But you can, you can beat a bear. You can beat a shark even though they're, they're – but they're physical. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's something that we're accustomed to. But in the immaterial realm, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with a demon, right? How do you deal with those, those powers? And so what you find in film these days is, is lots of stories where human beings, normal human beings, end up having conquering experiences over the immaterial world. And the reason largely is so that it makes us feel better right. that we're able to beat, beat it. Or the rise of horror movies these days, and some, several writers have tried to note that you, horror movies are probably popular these days because of the experience of leaving the theater, that you go and you watch this terrible event happen and somebody oftentimes who has like demonic power is doing these terrible things to people and then at the end either they get their comeuppance usually that that or you you it's it's all over and then maybe the guy got away but you you get to leave the theater and kind of leave the whole that whole horror behind and it makes horror something that you can you can beat by walking out of the theater and be over. thankful yep. that you know that I, I live in a world where that doesn't happen, even though it is a world where that some of that stuff does happen. So there is a there is a cultural desire, I think, to have dominion over the immaterial world, and yet the reality is, you mo- people don't have it. So I think Halloween, mm-hmm. Halloween is a game that people play in order to make light of the power of the immaterial world. So they can feel they have power over it. Right. So I can pretend that I'm chasing you with a knife, right? Yeah. And then giggle at the end because I used ketchup to make it look like you bled everywhere. That makes little of somebody actually chasing me with a knife and my hot blood 
spilling out my face because they cut me, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is a terrible thought. So in some ways, Halloween is a coping mechanism. That's all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> I think Halloween is a coping mechanism with a culture that doesn't know what to do with death. Hmm. So you think the, the graveyards in people's houses and the cobwebs from their house. Well, it's and to the, make fun of it, right? Yeah. It's, to, it's to make light of it. And so as a Christian, so this is part of my thing, as a Christian, I look at that and I, th- I kind of think, man, that's a really noble impulse in some ways to want to have control over death. Yeah. Uh, what's really sad about it is that you make light of it because you're freaked out by it. Mm-hmm. And yet Jesus... Right? Is the one who says, oh, death, where is your sting? Yeah. So the answer to the thing that you're striving for is actually found in Christ. Yeah. Not in belittling death, because it will come for you, death will. But the only one who's beat it is Jesus. Yeah. And he who is in the in us is greater than he oh, who is yeah. in the world, as in First John talks right. about, right? The fact that he has conquered the power of death, and he is above <laughs> every spirit, every principality, every ruler right. on the earth. So yeah. if you follow my line of thinking here, what I'm saying yeah. is the only people who really sh- could, uh, you might, I might disagree, but the only people who really genuinely ought to be celebrating Halloween are Christians. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? Totally, like, yeah. we're the only ones mm-hmm. who really can say, yeah, death it has no sting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can make yeah. fun of all the horrible ways that people die, because it doesn't own us. Yeah. Not that you should. Listen, I'm not suggesting that you should. I'm just essentially saying that we, we are the we, ones who have the answer to the question that's, that Halloween's trying to answer for some people. Yeah. Right. So why is it, and we can go back to a little bit more on this, why is it that people struggle with whether or not they should do celebrate Halloween? And how do we kind of view this as a Christian freedom? So what do we mean when we talk about Christian freedom? Um, Laura, do you want to jump into that? What's... Well, it's where the Bible doesn't explicitly speak to a right or a wrong in something. And so when it comes to Halloween, there are passages that speak about um, demons and not having anything to do with witchcraft and that kind of thing. And so Christians can choose then to say, I'm not going to have anything to do with it because Halloween is associated with that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Or they can have freedom to celebrate, I think. To uh, some level. Yeah, to some yeah. level. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Christian freedom idea is like First uh, Corinthians 8 and Romans 14 is where it talks about that a lot. And in those times, it was like meat sacrificed to idols, which would have had, again, kind of a pagan association with it. Um, right. Which is yeah. what we're talking about here, right? And so Paul was basically saying this ceremony or this um, the meat being sacrificed doesn't have any kind of spiritual hold on you. But some people will have a different level of conscience as to whether or not they can participate in this mm-hmm. based on their understanding of kind and of you God's shouldn't quiet you shouldn't quiet your conscience no right. like this it's dangerous actually if you feel deep in your spirit that this is not right for me and my family there's two things that you need to do number one listen to your conscience yep and number two don't judge those who don't share the same conscience yeah right yeah yep. likewise those who have freedom like like me to, to celebrate it uh, I, I I wouldn't make a, a ma- I would invite friends over to go trick or treating or for a Halloween party, uh, because I think that, that there's a possibility that people I'm inviting are not their consciences might be hurt yeah. mm-hmm. by me doing it. Yeah. So there's a sensitivity. If you read through those passages right. in Scripture, Paul talks about us being sensitive to the people in our midst. That some people may have, like you said, that may be a real conscience issue for them, and it may be something from their past or their upbringing or whatever. And that doesn't mean that you don't celebrate it. It just means that you don't you, lead them into sin. Meaning exactly. that you don't. 
invite them over to so that they're put in a position where do you understand what yeah, I mean? Right. Where I have to celebrate Halloween now. Why are you inviting me over on the thirty first? Right. Yeah. The easy way out of this is just to say, come over for a Reformation Day party. Dress yeah. up dress up as Luther. <laughs> like I know my parents, they had a very personal conviction of us not tricking trick-or-treating like that was something we just didn't do whereas now i have three kids and i trick-or-treat with all of them and uh-huh. you keep the candy and for a year well we actually throw it out after about two months do you <laughs> i give it away to the church staff oh that's nice that's i just stuff. let my kids eat it all on the first night girl. some no, people i know the of first night but you have to everything that's you what take, we do some people you i know yeah tonight yeah, yeah. on the first night they yeah. can eat as much as they want for about 20 minutes and they just stuff their <laughs> cheeks minutes. Do you and put a timer on it? You should close. put a timer on it. That's so good. Can you film this? <laughs> and they eat as much as they want. And then after that, it's like one then it's candy doled out. night. It's in the lunch, ba- lunch yep. bag as they go to school for a little bit. Well, then the teachers get really angry at you. Do they? Because it has it in peanuts in it and stuff. So. At least day and age. No, they do, do the teachers don't like the sugar. Yep. So yeah, there's the always sugar. an email that comes home. Limit the Halloween candy in the kids' lunches. Oh, come on. Do your job. Anyway, just kidding. <laughs> My wife's a teacher. Yeah. So this isn't something that's just limited to Halloween. Like we will have, when we had an Easter egg hunt here at church, um, at Easter, there was some people that asked questions like, why are we celebrating a pagan holiday at Easter? Mm. So why did you guys do that in children's ministry? Um, it was a huge way we could reach our community. Yeah. The amount of people that came from the neighborhood around Downs Road was amazing even just being able to invite people that would not normally want to come to necessarily a church on easter to a service we were able to actually just ask them to come and hang out and do an easter egg hunt with us instead so that was a big big reason behind doing it and it brought out a lot of people yeah and you had it before a saturday night service right so people could stay for mm-hmm. the dinner and then for the service if they wanted it wasn't like they had to go it just to the went too quick. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what we learned. It just went yeah. too fast. Yeah it, w- yeah, it did. I think it was all found under like five minutes or something. <laughs> but you have to understand, like we as a church don't believe that there's something fundamentally wrong about uh, a, 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 a rabbit stuffed like it's a chocolate fake, eggs. fake rabbit handing out chocolate eggs to people. Like yeah. this is part of the challenge with all of this discussion is that. Like I said before, when I came to the evangelical church and people would tell me what I was that I was celebrating, I would say I don't recall ever thinking ever about any of that mm-hmm. uh, and thinking thinking that. And there's a big debate or discussion to be had there. Can you be celebrating a thing without being conscious of it? Yeah, I suppose you could. But even culturally speaking, I, I don't – I think most – for the most part, Halloween – is a, a holiday where people, where little kids dress up in funny outfits and get candy. Mm-hmm. That's really what it. That's really what it amounts to. Uh, Easter in our culture is a, a day with Easter eggs, but it's also a day where people, because they live in kind of a Christianized community, are open. I mean, in, well, people in come the to West, church on Christmas like, and oh, Easter. You right? know what? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If there's yeah. a day that we're going to think about this Jesus story or whatever, it's going to be this particular one. And so, there. It is an opportunity, Christmas and Easter, to to build a bridge with the community and say, yeah. hey, look, we're happy to celebrate together. That's one of the things people in Chris. I've had some people who don't like Christmas. Well, that's what I was going right? to ask. Like, so mm-hmm. about Santa Claus, well, what's your... <laughs> yeah. Sean Grinch, her husband, doesn't like Christmas, right? 
Uh, that is untrue. He <laughs> loves Christmas because I love Christmas. Yeah. Um, but actually, we did decided not to do Santa with our kids. We mm. fully celebrate Jesus' birthday. We make a birthday cake, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we did get a lot of flack from it from our family for mm -hmm. not celebrating Santa. The same family, your family, the same no. ones who wouldn't let you go out to. Oh, no. Halloween? That's from my husband's okay. family, yeah. that they are not believers. Yeah. And it was just yeah. shocking for them. Yeah. yeah. That we would not celebrate Santa Claus. Yeah. I, mean, I remember big... being told as a kid, because our neighbors celebrated Santa Claus, and we were strictly told, do not ever tell them that they're not allowed or that Santa Claus isn't real yeah. or whatever. Like her parents, their parents were horrified that yeah. we might say something as kids. We, we tell our kids it's a game we play. It's just a game. But I tell the kids the same thing about the Easter egg hunt. It's a game. This is a game. There is no such thing as a big stuffed bunny somewhere, whatever. And I, the fear that some Christians have is that if you get people who believe in Santa and Easter egg bunny, Easter bunny, and then your kids will find out that those aren't true. Well, what about this Jesus right. you told me about? Which makes some, makes some yep. sense, which is why we've always kind of made it clear to them. It's a game. We, yeah, play, yeah. we play these fun games during the year. Yeah, talk yeah, honestly like, about it, yep. If our kids wanted to go see Santa or if they wanted to do something, I have no problem with them doing that, but I wanted them to know what we're celebrating. Yeah. We're ce celebrating the birth of Christ. Yeah. Obviously, his birthday wasn't on Christmas Day, but that's when we're celebrating. You should it. tell a story about how, uh, how uh, Santa Claus punched Arius in the face <laughs> during the first... Uh, yeah, that was one, one of, of the your, councils. Didn't you talk about that one Christmas Eve or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, I don't know about Christmas Eve. I'm going to do it this year because that thing is the best story ever. There's <laughs> some question about whether it really ever happened, but who cares? The idea is Santa Claus just cold cocking a guy, yeah. a, heresy, a heretic in the face. It makes me happy. So as we wrap this up, Halloween. <laughs> Wait a minute. How do we get on that? <laughs> We're wrapping it up. Okay. Okay. Um, what are some ways we can, we talk about engaging in the cultural around us. What are some ways that you guys have done that or seen it done well um, so that we can participate in it uh, in a way that's honoring to God and kind of within our conscience? What would you say, Laura? Yeah. So a number of years ago, our pastor at the time said, you know, it's the only night of the year all of your neighbors come to you. And so when we were trying to figure out what to do, with our kids, they were young at the time. Like, do we let them go trick-or-treating? How do we navigate this as our own family now? We decided we would do a warming station sort of for the neighborhood. So we set up a big tent and put lights on it. And we bake our cookies <laughs> oh, and make hot chocolate and coffee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and all the neighbors come in the first couple of years. It, you know, they were kind of hesitant. And then... The next year, oh, we're so glad you're there. We came over the hill, and we're so glad to see the lights of your tent. And it's been fruitful in terms of just getting to know our neighbors and building relationships with them and even having spiritual conversations. So, yeah. Yeah. It's we great. We love it. That's so cool. Yeah. Crystal, anything that you'd add to that? Um, we go in the same community area, I guess, in Mission, and it's a little bit more of a... I don't know, not the rich part, I guess, mm -hmm. but it's pretty cool to be able to go over there and just people we would not normally be talking to or get a chance to, they open their door wide to you and you get to talk to them because your kids look cute and they are so willing to talk to you just because of that. And same, it's um, more and more the specific area of mission 
is drawing people over there. And so we get to talk to more families and, yeah, not necessarily people we would be able to otherwise. Yeah. I know Ezra is having a, or the Mission Campus is having a harvest party. Mm -hmm. They're having a chili cook-off and um, a big fire and kind of, they did that once in the summer and it was a great hit. And some of the neighborhood people kind of walked over to see what was going on. So they're doing that over there, which is great community building. Mm -hmm. A few years ago here, we did a, a big Halloween kids dress, dressed up and stuff and we had these different stations with games and stuff in our in our bubble and all over the place and yeah. people would come over from all over all over the place lots and lots of communities it's a great opportunity for churches to engage in the same way like that we did with Easter and, mm-hmm. and other other places it is it is the case that on that particular night there are some families that some people who who don't love the walking all around the especially if it's raining or something it gets yeah. a little bit much mm-hmm. Because their kids get tired and grumpy and stuff, and it's, it can be delightful to have a big party at a church where, where and lots of people from the community will end up coming. So yeah. lots of churches do that kind of thing. It's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Our we our kids trick or treated, and it was always fun to walk around with our like we'd one of us would stay home so that our house wasn't kind of that cold unfriendly place, and then one of us it would just it was always fun to walk with the group of neighbors and talk mm-hmm. as yeah. the kids were running back and forth, and we really had great evenings doing yeah. that. Our only rule was that our costumes had to be. You know, some kind of sports or princess or something. Not, mm-hmm. not, not too much blood and vampire and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Just acknowledging that there is, there is a spiritual world out there, and we wanted to stay away from that. So, but it was always fun. That's one of our our rules at our houses. We don't participate in anything scary, so haunted houses or anything like that. And then no scary costumes. So, would you go to the Tower of Terror at Disneyland? Have you been to Disneyland? No. Oh, I don't think the Tower of Terror exists anymore. Like, they changed it. Well, it's Guardians of the Galaxy See? now. Oh, okay. Got to make it tie into a movie. There we go. I think everything in there is... Cha-ching. Kind of, yeah. Then it's money. Mm. Yeah. I watched this World Series on Halloween. The World Series... Like the baseball. Baseball? Yeah, it's usually There's on. always a Halloween game? Yeah, almost okay. always. And so I, I watch that and I, I, I hand candy out and try to stop my dog from licking everybody who yeah. comes by. We put my dog in the basement. We buy a lot just... of candy. So if you know where I live, you should go to my house. You I don't got... want to live in Augustine at No, Halloween. Augustine's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I Augustine's crazy like... generally. Don't you live in Augustine? No. no. Okay, we can make fun of it then. The area that we go is full-size chalk bars. Oh, see, yeah. see that's, that's bonus. Oh, yeah. You got to know where talking. that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you guys because everyone's going to show up there. But Okay, so this is, uh, this is a little bit of a, as we finish here, I'm at great danger of offending all three of you Canadian ladies. You only have like five candy bars here, though. Come on. Oh, you mean I in terms of our... them. It's O'Henry, a Coffee Crisp, what, Twix? What else you got? I don't you, even know. Mars no, bar. Not, Mars. That's but it. But then you have the Skittles and the M and M's, and then you have the Reese's pieces. See, and in the states, there's like thirty different candy bars, and, and so sometimes you you look in your thing and you're like, oh my word, there's these. Look at the, it's a Charleston chew. There's not great ones in the states. Oh, uh, you just don't know. You the don't worst know, is the Tootsie Rolls. I just oh, hate the Tootsie Rolls. I know. <laughs> Whenever I had those, I love them. Was... Do you? Okay. I hate the caramel. Oh, so if anybody gets any Tootsie Rolls for Chris, for uh, Halloween, Crystal LaForest works at the church here. Yeah. You can bring them by. She'll um, eat them. I have about 5,000 left over from the Easter egg hunt. So I'm, I'm you guys gave up Tootsie Rolls for the Easter egg hunt? That's cheap. Oh, <laughs> they were... It's very difficult to find candy that is the size to fit in an Easter egg hunt. Oh, you guys stuffed them all. We that was stuffed like... 15,000 eggs. Yeah, that was crazy. That was a good week of work. Dedication. <laughs> Dedication. Good week of employee. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, good job. 
we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to just pray for us and for our listeners as we go from here. Lord, I thank you that you are uh, the Lord who is greater than all these things, that you um, have conquered death and that you uh, sit above all the powers and principalities of this world. And so, Lord, we thank you that we can have hope in you. As we look forward to any holiday, we, we just thank you that our hope can be found in you and that you are our rock, that you are our salvation. We pray, Father, for people who will be participating in Halloween over the coming weeks. Lord, we pray that they will be safe and uh, that you will protect all the kids on the streets of our town. Lord, we just pray that we'd be able to be a great witness as Christians to the people who we engage with on that day and as we talk about it. Pray that we would just uh, be people who model your grace uh, to the people that are in our neighborhoods. So we thank you for this opportunity, and uh, we just pray that you continue to lead and guide us as we walk hand in hand with other Christian brothers and sisters and uh, talk about issues like this. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen.